Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Boston University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I am a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're going to play This or That Dog Edition and how to get your dog better with other dogs. All that and more coming up next. Very nice. Well done. Here we are. One shot. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Tuesday. And now it's 7 p.m. So normally, like I said before, we're 9 p.m. So we did 7 p.m. tonight, thinking that more people would be available, but I think we just confused everybody. I think we did too. And unfortunately, I wasn't thinking properly and I scheduled a ton of my virtual trainings like right beforehand. So like I was scrounging to get ready for this. Yeah. And the baby had to go down. So... Which he did. I'm shocked. He he literally went down within 15 minutes, and it's way earlier than his normal bedtime. So I'm very proud of him. So uh, I wanted to bring this up to you. I didn't tell you beforehand, mainly because we didn't have time. What? But somebody commented on our Instagram on a mental stimulation post, like a snippet from the podcast, and it was on our, our mental stimulation, and they were asking about the marrow bones that we always recommend. Okay. The posh truck marrow bones. Yeah. And they said they can't find them anywhere. Okay, so... <laughs> A ton of my clients have been telling me I'll have my first session with them where I talk about, you know, um, everything that's going on with the dog, what our plan's going to be. Um, we go into mental stimulation, the whole nines, physical exercise, whatever. So that's the first session. And then I meet with them in like another week or a week or two later. And, um, lately my clients have been saying to me, we can't find the marrow bones anywhere. They're sold out on Amazon. And I said to myself, I said, Oh crap. Yeah. I was like, is that because of me? I don't know. Because <laughs> when you look at like our, our Amazon analytics, because if anybody uses our recommended page, um, it goes through Amazon and we are affiliates with them. So it helps us like cover the cost of hosting our podcast, yeah, hosting our website and everything. We, we make money from people buying yes. stuff up on, off our not affiliated. No, it's, it's definitely not no, a ton. Far from it. But it keeps us going and it, and it, it you know, we put this list together for our clients and yeah, we get a little bit of money from it. So, um, but, so we do have a lot of sales. Yes, uh, we, we do. sell a lot of marrow bones for Amazon. We do. And I, I literally have been saying to my clients, I said, I think that's because of me because I don't know how much business they were getting prior to me. I literally suggested to every single client that we have because I like them because they're bigger, they're pre-stuffed. You can take the stuff out of it if your dog is allergic or doesn't like it and reuse the bone. Right. And they're thicker than a regular marrow bone from like ShopRite or your normal grocery store. And I think before us, maybe they weren't having that much business, but they're sold out. They've been sold out since before Christmas. That's strange. So, so it's been going on since before Christmas. I reached out to them tonight because that's the first time I noticed. And then I also noticed that Jack and Pup, which is the other brand that we mm -hmm. recommend, yeah. they're sold out on everything too. So I'm wondering if this is like a COVID-related shortage of just because for a while beef was, was uh, there was a shortage on beef. Was there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because a lot of the factories were getting shut down because oh. of case positive cases. Okay, that makes so sense. They were getting you know backlogged. So I'm wondering if this is related to that, or if for some reason both of these companies had to take them off the market, which I highly doubt because there would have been not a recall. Off the market though, they're still there. They say they'll be available again at a certain date. I think not. Not when I check. No, not when no, you check. It could okay. be different. So I did reach out to them. So hopefully we can update next week on if those are coming back in. But I was like, damn. 
I did. What find are we going to recommend now? I did find another brand on there that was somewhat similar. I didn't have a lot of time to like look into it, so I'm going to have to do some research on that, research on that and make sure that they're just as good as the Paul Struck ones. Good, very good. Well, we'll have to buy them. That's yes. research. Is buying them and seeing if our yep. So let's get to this or that. I didn't show you any of these beforehand. No, I figured it would be fun. Just something. I'm very excited. So we're going to play some this or that. And the first this or that oh, is... Oh, this is an easy one. Bully sticks or marabones. <laughs> so pick one and then tell me why. Okay. So I picked the marabones because bully sticks are great, but they're expensive as hell. Yes. Um, dogs love them. Sorry, Pudgelina. She prefers a bully stick over a marabone any day. Girl does not like to work for her food. Um, but they are extremely expensive. And especially if you want the good ones, the ones from either America or what is it, Venezuela? No, somewhere South, South America. South America? Brazil, maybe? Maybe. Um, um, yeah, there's there's like a place in South America where all the bulls are and that's where they come from. But it's like not gross and with preservatives and stuff like that. So um, I love bully sticks, but I'm going to have to go with the Marabones instead because they are reusable. You can use them over and over and over again and it's more bang for your buck. It's basically an investment. Very good. Speaking of marrow bones, again, <laughs> marrow bones are going to be a hot topic today. I know. Somebody stole. Did, did you see the text I sent out? Somebody stole our stills from our marrow bone video. Where we, no, I didn't see that. Remember, like the it was the first video we ever put on YouTube, and it was it's like two years old. What, the one where you're smashing marrow bones? With, with the sledgehammer? Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody stole our somebody video? Somebody stole. Well, they took clips from the video and like didn't give us any credit. And it's Are we be, in it? Uh, Opal's in it. Because uh, I, I was searching for... Um, you stole my dog's picture? When I was... Ser- I'll, look, I'll show you, you right now. Can you say something? I wonder if I could bring it up on the screen. Wait, can you say something to them, though? Okay, so I tried to reach out to them, say, hey, this is a copyright material. We have no problem with you using it, but, like, at least... Give us some Give props. us a credit and a backlink. And the mailbox was full. So I'm wondering if they do this all the time, and they just ignore the messages. I've never heard of an email box being full. Here it is. Wait, an email? Oh, you emailed them. Yeah. All right. I think I can share. <gasps> That's my dog. That's, uh, exactly. Hold on. I think I can make it pop up. Oh, I'm pissed right now. So that's the website. It's uh, pet, the Pet Master. Never heard of them. How to Cook Marrow Bones for Dogs 2020 Guide. And then when you go down, right, everything looks good. And all of a sudden, oh, there's my dead dog. Wow. That's that's Opal, who we started the Opal Fund for. Um, that's your hand. That's the marathon yeah. you're giving Opal. Um, these are directly from, like, taken from our content. Here's the picture of, that's me holding, there's the raw and there's the cooked marabones. And, like, they're not even relevant to the article. Like, here we're talking about the sharpness and nowhere in here does it say anything about that. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, Oakley. <gasps> that's my other dog. It's, it's not even a good <gasps> picture. It's not even a good still. Does he even have anything in his mouth? You can hardly see it. I don't, I don't know why they picked this, but so they have what three photos of ours and then they have a bunch of other people's content, but there's nothing, no references, no backlinks, no like, this is where I got it from. Hey, thanks guys. Um, That's so I, rude. I, I did reach out to this guy, David Harris. His info at the Pets Master takes me nowhere. So I did a DMCA claim on copyright just to get him to like pay attention and hopefully he'll do something about it because nobody likes stolen content. If you're going to steal our content, at least give us credit. Cause then we wouldn't, we wouldn't bother you and it doesn't matter, but you just steal our content. That's kind of annoying. Yeah. It's really rude. 
So yeah, that's been going on today. Greenies or dentist sticks? All right. So I prefer a greenie. And back to Pudge. She does too. Uh, Pudge loves a greenie. Um, you personally prefer greenies? I do. What, is it the mint flavor that you like the I most? Do, what I is do, I do. I like the blueberry ones the best though. <laughs> Those are, they smell really good. They smell amazing. Can't say I would eat them, but. No. Um, I prefer greenies. I just think that greenies are, from what I know, I haven't done too much research on the brands, but I don't like who makes Dentistic. Yeah, I wonder why. So I tend to stay away from all things them. <laughs> um, greenies just, you know what? And it could be just the marketing. It's green. It looks healthy. It does look healthy. <laughs> you but know what I mean? Like maybe I'm Pudge just. turned. We got a bunch of dentistics that one time. Um, yes, she did not she, want it. She was not a fan. Nope. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Pedigree makes dentistics in uh, questionable quality. And who makes greenie? Watch its pedigree under a different brand. That would suck. Greenies dog treats. No, I want to say it's like Merrick or somebody. It might be Merck. Is that how they pronounce it? Not no, Merrick and Merck are different. Oh. Contact us. Unless Greenies is their own brand. No, they got to be owned by somebody. Who owns Greenies? See, now I need information. Neutra. Oh, I like them. Yeah, which they is do Mars. Good stuff. Yeah. I knew it was an M. Mars. Okay, there we go. Yep, so I definitely prefer greenies. greenies. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. You ready for the next what one? What about you? You're not giving me any in your input. Which do you prefer? Oh, I mean greenies. Okay. Obviously for the flavor. We're going in a weird order here for some reason. But okay. mixed breed dogs or purebreds? Uh, sorry, guys, but my mixed breeds, man, I love them. Um, purebreds are great. They're cute. We got a lot of nice breeds going, but... It's always a 50-50 toss-up if they're going to be crazy or not. Purebreds will break your heart. They will. they are, for the most part, medically speaking, ticking time bombs. Yes. I mean, look at Opal. She is was the only purebred that we've had thus far as a couple that has basically died because of her genetics. Yeah. She's just a purebred but double merle. So she had a 20% chance of having microphthalmia, and she had it, and then she had some other structural abnormalities. So she suffered from seizures over and over and over again until then, it took her life. So, And then Dr. Mammon also said that she suffered from hip dysplasia oh, very early dysplasia on from before like a year six old, months. which is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, and going off of that, we have tons of clients who are purebred dogs and they have a lot of medical issues, um, breathing, um, heart stuff, um, hips, uh, Crazy stuff, just crazy stuff that you would never even luxating patellas, like things that you don't see very often on purebred purebred dogs. I mean, um, mixed dogs because they're mixed, so their genetics are kind of like a little wonky and kind of all over the place. Um, So those are not dominant traits; those those medical issues. Yeah, they're recessive genes, and they they end up not getting passed down unless you have two recessive genes. So the chances of having the same two recessive genes across two different breeds is unlikely. Therefore, the or like hip dysplasia, luxating patellas, things like that typically don't get passed down. So the mixed breeds typically are much healthier. Google eyes, Bruno. That's yeah. what your mom said. Yep. Bruno <laughs> Bruno was ugly. Okay, so there was something wrong with we him. We have to we have to come to into into an agreement that with Boston Terriers and maybe some other breeds, that there are cute Boston Terriers and then there are so ugly you're cute Boston Terriers. French Bulldogs, pugs. Chihuahuas. Yes, yes. There are some pugs that aren't as cute 
as the cute pugs. And same with all those other ones. Like they, there's just something about them. Like Bruno was so freaking adorable, but he, he had the googly eyes. It wasn't like Zoe where Zoe looked pristine and like the perfect little angel. Yeah. Well, you know, she looked, I don't know what she looks like. She's on crack now. All right. We're not talking about her mental health. We're talking about how she physically looked. Ready for the next one? <laughs> Pill pockets or throwing the pill like a treat and hoping for the best. <laughs> you answer this one first. Well, obviously, my preferred is the latter, throwing the pill like a treat and hoping for the best. I think that you enjoy that because it's fun for you. I think it's like, can I do this? I think I think you like to see how far you can go. It's about tricking. You, you got to throw a real treat first and then the pill. And then if you have another pill, another treat, just kind of keep them guessing. I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm so the opposite from you on that because I'm like, if they have to take a pill, at least they should get a treat. In the they do get a treat. They get a treat sandwich. One in the beginning, one in the end. I don't know. You just no. don't like that it works, and then it probably doesn't work. If you I do. don't like tricking my dogs. So I'm gonna say you're pill pockets. I am pill pockets. I need to buy more, by the way. Seniors or puppies? Oh, this that's not fair. That's not, not? fair at all. Let's hear it. What, what kind of terrible person are you? Oh. Which is it? No, I'm gonna. They're so different. Hmm. Puppies are crazy, though. I'm going to have to go with the seniors. Yeah, puppies are cute as long as they're not mine. Although, Opal was a really cute puppy. Oh, I don't know. Let's hear it. No, you go. I'm going to say seniors. You're going to say seniors? Yeah. Yep. Well, we have two. Wait, are they considered seniors? Eight? Are they considered? Well, I don't know. We don't know how old Oakley is. Tasha and Oakley. I would. Tasha's a senior for sure. Oakley, I think, is a senior as well. I don't know. I think he's younger than we think. Okay, you get one both answer. Other, this, this the rest one. of them, you need to answer. Fine. None of them are as are controversial. Are you setting me up? Okay. I was good. originally because it was supposed to end on this, but ah. it's it took a different <laughs> turn. Snuffle mat or slow feeder? Um. All right, so I love the snuffle mat. When are you going to what the snuffle mat is? Because so it's the, a little confusing looking. It is. It is. Um. So the snuffle mat is basically like... They've got like this plastic woven piece on the bottom, like it's got holes in it. And then they take um, like pieces of felt, almost like come up like, um, what's it called? Turf? Turf? Would that be a good example? Uh, it looks like turf coming up just on a bigger scale. And basically they tie these knots in the plastic part and they come up like grass. So it's basically longer pieces of fabric that you can um, hide the treats or food in. And the dog has to kind of like go through the woven pieces of fabric to find their food and stuff. Um, I love the snuffle mat. I think it's great. Um, the slow feeder is just easier. So I'm going to have to go, I'm going to go with the snuffle mat, even though I don't use ours as much as I should. Even if it was, you can only have one for forever. I would go with the snuffle mat because that, that benefits my dog. Okay. I think I'm I, not looking for convenience. I would agree. Although they start, they start to smell after a while. But you gotta wash them. <laughs> the teething ring or the yak bone? I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> John's going to say the teething ring because the yak bone, when you put it in the microwave, it smells god awful. Okay, so the first time Bad. I got them, I, I, I found out sensor? about them. Which one's my sensor? I don't know. The yak oh, bone. Too loud, too loud. Um, the first time I got the yak bones, I actually learned about them from a client because I had no idea what they were. Uh, they're basically um, like this not a bone it's basically like um, a really hard um stick a thick stick basically and it's it's made of like 
goat goat milk, yeah. lime, some kind of Himalayan broth. sea salt, and something else. Um, but it's hard. I don't know what they do to it, but it's super super hard, right? Um, and basically they chomp on it, this and that, but it's obviously going to get down to like a nub, similarly with the bully stick. So they're like their pleasing thing, like their thing that really gets you with the. Oh, it's yak on the bone. it's on the back of the it's wrapper, on the back of the wrapper. It, it sounds great. Like oh, I'm really going to get all my money out of this exactly because with the. With the bully sticks, usually you throw away the nub if you don't have a bully stick holder. Um, but with the yak bone, what they say is when you get down to the nub, you can put it in the microwave for, I think it's a minute and 30 seconds. And basically, the microwave... No, like, it was like 15 seconds. It no, like it's, a, I, it's either 30 seconds or a minute and 30 seconds. It basically... it'll It's, it's that one over there yeah. to the right. What? It'll... Yeah. No, this. that's your left. This? No, well, they're all the same I was thing. looking at that one. This one? No. Oh, oh yeah. that's a good picture. It's yeah. a good picture. Um. Because it'll give you don't what do it. That. You're on the monitor oh, there. It'll give you what it looks like, and then what it looks like after the microwave. And basically, it puffs it up um, in the microwave after like a minute or so, and th- it turns into a crunchy treat. So they can eat the whole thing, but it smells like dirty dish rags that someone cleaned your entire house with and then left in your laundry room for two weeks. I'm gonna put it on the screen. And then someone heated up those those uh towels it's yeah. disgusting it oh. smells really bad it, okay it, it permeated the whole house so on the left is a regular yak bone and on the right is one that's been microwaved <laughs> and is now the bane of your existence in theory it works out really great but no, it smells no. like trash <laughs> no john john was appalled i, I think i've angry. never offended was, you more i was physically angry no you were you were really mad at me because it w- even after febreze it would not leave our house yeah, and the microwave stunk it did it did so you're right don't do it i you, haven't bought them since no they're I good they're good but yeah bento ball or the ringer orb oh bento ball Really? The ringer orb hurts my fingers. I have very tiny hands. Um, so when I try to get those little rings on, it doesn't work for me, and I, it, it hurts. So if you're not familiar with the ringer orb, it's like a big, hard plastic circle with an inner, almost like a talon-looking thing that's almost a complete circle. And then you have these edible treats that are really hard, and they're rings, and they snap onto that talon piece, and they have to basically chew on those, but... But it's hard to get to them because the white ring around it is thin and thick at the same time, like in opposite directions. Did that make sense or is that confusing? You confuse me, but... (laughs) Um, It basically doesn't allow them to get their whole face in there and like chew it off with the back of their holders. Yes, they can only get their front teeth. Yeah, Yeah. similar to the bento ball, but this is just a different way. Um, We actually have a ringer orb... And we gave it to Opal. And I was like, oh my God, she's blind. This is going to take her forever. Yada, yada, yada. She was doing too well with the bento ball. Like she was able to um, slip the disc out of the bento ball and just eat that thing whole. Yeah. So Every I was like, time. oh, ringer orb. Great. Going to work out. We put her in her crate. We came back in 15 minutes. All of them were gone. And I was like, is she kidding me? She's blind. How is she doing this? <laughs> she was insane. Ready for the next one? Yep. Stormark Bobolot or the Kong Wobbler? Kong Wobbler, hands down. Why? Tell me why. Uh, the Bobolot is not made as strong as the Kong Wobbler. So um, I have tons of clients where I'll literally see the Bobolot in the back of the room as I'm doing virtuals, and that yellow tip to it is yeah. like literally chewed off. Yeah. Well, we have it on our recommended products list, but I do warn everybody that it's not for 
big chewers. Yeah. Because, so the Kong wobbler is your your thing of choice if that's right. your situation. But the Kong wobbler, the diff- main difference is that the Kong wobbler is not adjustable in difficulty. Exactly. But I think it's pretty difficult to begin with. So I don't I don't think it's like not like it's on a a mild case of being difficult. So it's like you're like, oh, I wish this was more complicated for my dog. You know. I guess it depends on what kind of dog. If they're stupid and they're big chewers, wobbler. If yeah. they're smart but not big chewers, like Pudge. I do the the bomb a lot, but you wouldn't be able to do that with Pudge because she's a scaredy cat. Nothing can move without announcing that it's going to move first. True, true. Granted, she's twelve pounds. Uh, I, I, I give her a break. You sure you don't want to rethink this one? Why would I rethink that? Because uh, it's up on the screen. I don't know. No, I'm not rethinking the bully sticks and the marabones. Marabones all the way. Bully sticks. If you were less expensive, maybe, but you are maybe. not. Well, that was something's penis at some point. So there's a little when, value in there. I love when people find out what bully sticks actually are. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? I think it's hysterical. If you don't know what a bully stick is, it is actually a stretched and dried bull penis. Oh. So that's why it smells so offensive. Jersey mom of two said we got the Bobolot for our four-month-old. So so far, so good. Yeah, because Bobolot is superior. So you, so you choose it. the Bobolot. Yes, I said that already. Oh, you didn't. I didn't hear that. Well, that's how I feel about it. All right. All right. We have a question all the way from Canada. My nine-month-old American bully, Molly, was pooping outside when my neighbor's chihuahua broke through the fence and attacked her. So that's, that's right. A nine-month-old American bully was attacked by a chihuahua. Not what you would normally think. She is now afraid to poop outside and... She will pee outside. What can I do? And then she also had in there that she does go out every time. Every time Molly has to go out, she goes out with her. Mm-hmm. She's already doing that. And that's from Morgana in Canada. Okay. So this one, it, I feel bad for the dog because that sucks. It's always funny when it's a chihuahua. I know it's not funny, but like. Well, because it's like take your stigma and shove it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. This this is tough because basically we have to like retrain her brain to not be extremely terrified. Um, that was a traumatic experience for her. So now she can't even do the thing that she is programmed to do. Right. Um, you know. I mean, pooping is inherently a very um, vulnerable position oh. for a dog to be in. Yes. Which is why if you ever notice that your dog like stares at you when they're going to the bathroom... <laughs> it's because they are expecting you to look out for them and to make sure that no no one's going to sneak up on them. You want to make sure you get they, you uh, have their back. And sometimes your dog might watch you poop, and they're doing yes. the same exact thing. So I always get people sending me, I can't go to even go to the bathroom by myself. Well, you know, they stare at you too, so maybe they're thinking yeah. that you need the same thing. It's, it's a mutual thing. Pudge always stares at me when she poops. But they feel very vulnerable. That's why she is willing to pee outside but not poop, because you're not going to go run when you... No. Halfway through your business. You don't want to. Peeing is no. way easier and way quicker. Pooping right. takes some time. And it and if you're nervous, the poop's not going to come out. He <laughs> comes out very quickly. Um, so we have to kind of help her out in this. Like maybe possibly taking her for walks when she has to poop just in the beginning to get her more comfortable going again outside. Um, making sure that maybe you do it during the day. Depending on what day, what time of day it was. Um Make sure you're doing it during the day so she can clearly see the fence and maybe you can stand near the fence, um, lead her away from the fence. Maybe if like there's another side of your yard that you can go to as far away from the fence as possible because she's going to associate it with the fence. Um, if you have another dog, 
let the dog out with her. So a lot of dogs are strength in numbers in this type of situation. If another dog has their back, then they're not going to worry about another dog. Um, if you have a significant other, the more people with your dog, with Molly, maybe she'll feel more comfortable. It's just going to be a matter of counter conditioning. Yeah. She's going to have to get out there and wait her out and really, really praise and make sure that she feels safe. I think just thing. working on the backyard in general, treating her, praising her, loving up on her anytime she's out there. And then especially when she poops, like afterwards, right. like you have a damn parade for her. Because right now it's not a safe place to be. No, I feel bad for her. That's not fun. I wonder if, because she said that she was the run to the litter. She got her at eight months. That's the extra stuff that's not on the screen. Or she got her eight weeks. I'm wondering when this happened. Like if this happened oh, if at nine months recent. or if it was when she was way younger, like three months old. Yeah. Because that would definitely, I mean, those are developmental ages. And now she could probably, you know, now the chihuahua was probably afraid of her. Hopefully. I, w- I have a lot of questions for her. I want to see how that all panned out. Yeah. Well, that one just came in uh, last week. So you can definitely follow up. Yeah. There was something else you wanted to talk about today. Yes. So I just got off a virtual call and um, it was a really good first session. I think it's a very valuable like case study to go through. Um, And John doesn't know anything that happened because he was obviously in his office while I was doing this. Um, And this was the first time I was really talking to the family and seeing what the situation was. So I think it's a really good example of what to do to help your dog like other dogs and what we are doing consistently that we don't even realize that we're doing wrong. And it's not our fault. It's not our fault because traditional dog training from what our parents have learned and from prior to that, tell us this is what we should be doing. So I want from what's still being taught. Yes. It's still being taught and it's driving me nuts. (laughs) Literally it's driving me nuts because it literally makes no sense. How many times can I say literally? Um, so this family, um, mom and dad, have their dog, Roxy. Um, Then there is her son and her daughter-in-law. They were living in Hawaii. Super cool. But now they're visiting and they're actually moving back. So I I don't know if they're already moved back and they're just staying with them until they find a house. I'm not sure the scenario. But for right now, all three dogs are in the same house together. And usually when I get a call like this, the dogs can't even be near each other. Like, in the same room, they flip out, they're barking at each other like nutsy cuckoo, right? Um, that's not the case here, which is great. So I was actually pleasantly supply, pr- surprised and we have a lot to work with. And I think it's going to happen rather quickly because they're going to change things up. So we have Roxy. I think she's a boxer. And then we have Rocco and Scout. Scout is a boy. They're, so Rocco and Scout are both boys. Roxy is a female. Um, in this scenario, they can be together, but um, the relationships are kind of like this. So Rocco, I believe, is a pit. Him and Roxy are fine together. They can play, do fetch, no issues, whatever. Um, I think Roxy's way more comfortable around Rocco. Um, Then Scout is some sort of terrier mix. I can't remember. It was a a strange name. Breed I wasn't um, super um, up to date on. But um, Scout is very invasive when it comes to Roxy. Like, it's not the initial, like, they can't be you know, near each other at all. But what they did say was like, they were in the kitchen area when we were talking, they were saying if Scout came down from their bedroom at that moment, both of them would be fixated on each other and they're both their hackles would be up. So they were both visibly uncomfortable. Outside, if they're all in the yard, um, if Rocco and Roxy are there and they're fine, all of a sudden Scout 
comes into the mix, they can all be off leash together. Um, it's not an immediate fight, but Roxy doesn't like her butt sniffed. She's uncomfortable with dogs being behind her. She doesn't, she's clearly not trusting Scout. Um, and maybe she doesn't trust Rocco either, but Rocco's not obsessive about that. Like he, apparently he's just, you know, he can't stop. Um, he's very interested in her. When she growls at Scout, then he gets mad. <laughs> and then he'll either like lunge or something like that. Um, and then Rocco gets involved because he's obviously going to defend his brother. And that's just, you know, innately what happens in family dynamics. Um, even though Roxy may be right, Rocco's not looking at it like that. Um, they get into scuffles, but it's nothing serious. Like it's almost like fake biting. Like, you know, like when the mouths are up and they're not actually like really making contact. Open mouth. So there's a lot of like restraint being shown here. Um, and apparently if they say, if, if all, any of the parents say stop, they will separate, which is not common. Um, usually it'll take like physically getting in there and removing the dogs from each other. Um, so this was good. We have a lot to work with. So I wanted to really get down to like the bottom since they're able to kind of be around each other and it's not an an immediate fight. I'm trying to figure out where do things go wrong? What's, what's really happening here? So I said, you know, is there any like reprimanding or yelling going on? And nothing against his family at all. They're amazing. I love them. Great family. But they have fallen victim to the traditional way of training. She's like, oh, yes, you know, we'll yell at Roxy. She stops immediately. Same with Scout. They'll yell at him. And I'm like, all right, I want you to stop that. And they, like, looked at me like I had 10 heads. And I'm like, yes, I want you to stop yelling at them because it's not fixing anything. You've tried this before. Nothing has changed, right? So we need to get to the bottom of why this is happening. And then I went into the whole spiel of why yelling at dogs when they're uncomfortable doesn't help them. Roxy is a very good dog. Um, She was compared to as Oakley, who really doesn't do much wrong at all. Um, If he does get in trouble, it's because he's silly, you know? Um, So he's, she's very well behaved. She doesn't get in trouble often. So from, from her standpoint, what I'm seeing is she's uncomfortable around Scout. And then all of a sudden when Scout's around, she's fine with Rocco. Everything's fine with Rocco. And then Scout comes into the picture. Now she's getting yelled at. So of course she's not going to like Scout. She's like, the only time I ever get yelled at is when this dog's around. Of course, I'm not going to like him. Of course, when I see him, I'm going to say, get out of here. I don't want you near me. Right. Right. Um, and I was told that in the situation with the three of them, Roxy will go off on her own. She doesn't want to be like, she'll kind of discontinue herself. She'll just go off to the side. Um, and then obviously Scout's the one that's coming up and being kind of obsessive about her. Um, and then from Scout's point of view, I think we have an insecurity thing going on. I think that he's, I wouldn't say antagonizing Roxy. I think he's interested in her and just wants that, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that instant gratification of like, be interested in me too. Just the attention. Yeah, I guess. Maybe maybe he's looking at, for, again, I haven't seen them in action. I haven't seen any videos yet, but I'm having them do that this week. Um, I don't know if it's just like he wants that from her and maybe he's looking for her to growl, you know, like like a negative attention is still positive attention type right. thing. Um, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what, what Scout is doing. Um, but the hackles tell me that they're uncomfortable around each other. So that's what we have to figure out. So I told them this, and I used that same scenario because they said, if we, if I bring Scout down right now and, and Roxy's just in the kitchen, both of the, their hackles will go up and they're visibly uncomfortable. So I said before this, like when you're going down the stairs, I want mom and dad with Roxy telling, that, telling her she's a good girl before she even puts eyes on Scout. 
Um, so she's already having positive feelings, right? She's getting good girls. She's getting treats, this and that. And as Scout is coming down the stairs, Nick, the son, he's also telling Scout, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. You're fine. You're a good boy. And you're, you're praising him and you're super excited. They also just had a baby. So I know he knows how to harness his baby voice as a man. Um, that's probably the biggest issue uh, for men is getting that high-pitched excitedness. So if you are a guy, I'm telling you, you got to you gotta get it. You got to dig down deep, not care what anybody thinks about you and, and get excited. Um, and that's what dogs really, you can see a lot of um, men will say, you know, they like my, my wife more or my girlfriend more um, because it's that high-pitched voice and yeah. they, they enjoy that. They respond better to it. They do. So, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry about looking silly. Just do it because it's for the better of your dog. So I told him to harness that inner baby voice. He's talking to Scout the whole way down the stairs. And the second he looks at Roxy, I want him to get so excited for him. I want Nick to be praising Scout up and down. So those, he, I want Scout and Roxy to look back at their respective parents and, and be like, oh, you're congratulating me. That's weird. They're not going to expect it because that's not whatever happens. Because the second they look at each other and they look like that, I can imagine because I've seen it happen before. And it's, again, no fault of our own. This is just what we've been told over the years that works. We say, oh, cut it out. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. And the dog's like, oh, crap. Well, now I always get yelled at. We're not understanding that dogs are very black and white. They do not have cause and effect thinking. They're not saying to themselves, oh, mom and dad are mad at me for my behavior. I'll try and stop that next time. It's not like that. It's very black and white. They're basically saying every single time Scout or Roxy's around, I get yelled at, that dog sucks. And that's it. We have to change those emotions. So when we start to get excited before they even see the negative, um, we already have positive in the brain. We're, we're talking them up. We're congratulating them. That's in their brains, right? Then they see the negative, the other dog. So that negative is going to try and get into the brain, but the positive has already been there. So now it's, it's, it's bouncing the, the negative out of their head way easier than if you tried to be positive after the negative is already in their brain. If they're already thinking negative thoughts, that's consuming them. And then you try to get your positive voice in there. It's going to be a lot more difficult and they already may be too far gone to come back mentally and, and cope with the issue. So try to be proactive. Everything we do in, in John and our, you know, our theories of training is being proactive is, is turning out to be the best thing you can possibly do for your dog, whether it's emotionally, physically, whatever it is, um, being proactive in your positivity will severely help in this situation. Um, so that was my advice for them this week to get them outside let Rocco and Roxy play, do their thing, do some training on leash separately in the yard, doing the look back and forth. I taught them the look command to teach Scout on his own as well. And then when Scout comes into the mix, we're going to have Scout on leash and have Roxy and Rocco off leash. Let them continue doing what they're doing, positively reinforce both Scout and Roxy when they're looking at each other. Let Roxy do her thing. She's trying to detach from Scout for a reason. She's uncomfortable being around him. So let her do her thing. Let her go away if she wants to. If Scout is very fixated on Roxy, I want them to positively reinforce him, give him yummy snacks, hot dogs, cheese, turkey, whatever it is. So they can kind of get him to stop focusing on her so much and coming back to them. So he's around her more often without focusing on her. For right now, what's going on is anytime they're around, he is fixated and we need to kind of bypass that behavior. So if they did that every day for a week, the start of that second week, his first initial thought is not going to be, let me go stare at Roxy real quick. He's going to be like, oh, where's my food? Where's my praise? Where's my love? Um, And then similarly, I want them to have all three on leash 
in the downstairs area. They had kind of like a open concept kitchen, living room, family room area. So I want everybody to be on the couch, relaxing, watching TV. Each person has a dog separately as far apart as they possibly can be. I would put Rocco in the middle and obviously Roxy and Scout as far as apart as they can be. And just everybody relax. Let them be around each other without having to be around each other in their faces. You know, they right. can detach if they thing. want to. Just coexist. Yep. So that's their homework this week. But I think it was a great talking point because we just inherently over the years have been given the wrong information about how to get our dogs to behave. And it's it's more emotional than it is command-based. A lot of even positive reinforcement trainers, I tell my clients all the time, I am positive reinforcement, but I'm very different. Both John and I are very different than how most positive reinforcement trainers do it. They put, a lot of times, they put commands to behavior to manage. We don't manage. We want to fix from the root of the problem. We want to get to the to the meat and potatoes and fix it so it's not something you ever have to deal with or manage ever again. Right? Right. So that was my little spiel today. I thought that was a great case study for everybody to listen to and and understand, maybe look at what's going on with your dog when they're seeing other dog dogs on leash. This, this is not just dogs in the home. This is any scenario where dogs are involved. Dog parks, walking your dog, anything really. Got to get past that stigma yeah. of just old school dog training. Yeah, stop yelling because at your dogs. It doesn't. The help. problem is that it works, but it works for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, it, it just suppresses what you want gone. Exactly. So you think it's gone, but it's still there. Because, and I explained to them, the barking, lunging, and growling at Scout or Roxy is not the problem. Their emotions towards each other are the problem. So if you fix the way they feel about each other, the barking, lunging, and growling will go away. You just have to be patient. All right, so I want to give a shout-out to Dr. Amy Wade. She has a, a Ph.D. in zoology and conservation, and she has What the Dog Science Says, which is dogsciencesays.com. And she is doing a lot of the work for me when it comes to digesting and understanding science-based studies on dogs and their behavior and everything. Yep. Uh, she's very good at understanding a lot of these complicated PubMed articles and stuff like that. And I have not had schooling on that. So I'm forced to just understand as best as I can. But coming from a, a, a doctor, I think that she's able to digest these studies a lot better. And then she goes and puts them in like that. She sums everything up with everything down to the conclusion. And it's an easy to read, easy to understand article. So she has dogsciences.com. And I wanted to share one of her more recent articles on can music improve dog welfare oh my god i love this yeah let me hear all about it after systematically trawling the scientific literature the authors identified nine studies which had experimentally tested the effects of playing music to dogs the dogs were either in shelter vet or police training environments and were played various types of music and or different noises for eight of the nine studies the behavior of the dogs was monitored during different sound treatments this could be Time spent resting or barking or some other behavioral indicator of stress levels. A range of breeds, ages, and genders were included. Of the eight studies which measured behavior, six found that music can have a calming effect on dogs. The type of music matters, though. Only classical music was found to have a consistent calming effect. Heavy metal and rock music actually increased stress levels and indicated by more barking and higher levels of stress hormones. The sound of human voices was used as a control in some of the studies, Human voices being the strategy I use for my own dog, this was of particular interest to me. Conversational radio turned out to have no observable effect in one study, 
but an audiobook did have a calming effect in another study. Voices could be useful, but classical music is the more reliable stress buster. Music specifically de- designed for dogs is being developed and marketed. This too was tested in some of the studies and was found to be no better than classical music. Probably no need to fork out on the latest dog music download. <laughs> uh, before you blast out the Beethoven. So the conclusion is music therapy can work for dogs and the music should be classical. There are a few points to bear in mind before blasting Beethoven at your dog or installing speaker systems in dog shelters. Not all classical music is the same. Tempo and instruments played change the sound experience enormously. A study looking at the effects of playing classical music to pigs found they behave differently depending on the speed of the music and the instruments being used. Isn't Beethoven, like most of his stuff, kind of aggressive? Yeah, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah, he was not a happy guy. No, I would not choose him as the classical to go for. No, a, a lot of classical music is depressing. Now, what about, I wonder, I would love to talk to So her. that was Dr. Amy Wade. Yeah, maybe we can get her on the podcast one day. Because DogScienceSays.com. I'm thinking like, we have like a relax and unwind playlist from Spotify. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like super relaxing. It's very nice. Like, would that can be considered classical? Because it's like very no. piano-esque in the background, no? No. Nope. Hmm. I wonder if they did any studies on that type of music. Possibly. I mean, I would have to go through these studies individually yeah. and actually see what, because they'll tell you everything that they played. That's how, that's how you have a credible study. You need to have everything out on the table so that other people can identify issues with your study whether or not it should be accurate, you know, things like that. Yeah. So they would have outlined everything they played as far as genres and maybe even specific songs. That makes sense. So that's, I thought that was interesting. It's been a little while since we had some science on the show. I know we missed it. Yeah. Um, what was it you were saying about getting somebody on who potentially has the world's oldest Great Dane? Yes. Um, uh, is it too early to talk about that? Or no, do we, we have can talk details? about that. Um, I think we're doing it on the 9th. So um, his name, I, w- I think it's Jeff, Jeff Hol- Holst, H-O-L-S-T, on the 9th. Hold on. So February 9th, yep, which Jeff. is two Tuesdays from now? Yes. So uh, the next Tuesday is the 2nd, and okay. then um, the Tuesday after is the 9th. Um, that will be her 13th birthday. Oh, no way. That's cool. Yep. So, so it's a... It's a Great Dane mm-hmm. who her owner suspects that she's the oldest living. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a running tally or anything like that. But, uh, and he's a podcaster, right? He's got two separate podcasts. Um, and I, I like, I like his, his stuff. So it's like one is, um, they talk, it's called old fashioned real estate and they talk about real estate while they're drinking old fashions. Very nice. Um, and then the other one, I forgot the name of it, but, um. Yeah, I think I think it's like another comfort conversational type podcast. He'll tell us. Um, yeah, we'll weeks. we'll go all into that. But I wanna I wanted to touch base with him because I think it's great to talk about um, you know what he's done for her thus far to keep her living this long, especially our bigger breeds. It's it's not common for them to live this long. Giant breeds. Giant breeds. I think I think um, Great Danes are like to ten is like. Eight to ten years is the life expectancy of a Great Dane. And yep. they said that she was going to die over a year ago, and she's still kicking. So She'll be 13. Yep. Wow. So um, we're going to talk about him, um, learn about her, and then um, I'm not going to get into it because we have some talking points for him, but something traumatic happened to him and um, what she was able to do for their family to keep them going. Crazy. And uh, obviously we'll, t- we'll touch on 
any tips that he has as far as keeping them going for this yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. Well, tips and tricks. Because uh, who doesn't want their dog to live longer? Exactly. You know I mean? mm-hmm. Anything you can do, right? So, I think... Uh, that's all I have, unless there's anything else you'd like to talk about tonight. No, that was that was it. We have a lot of um, cool episode ideas coming up. So um, I think the one thing is we're trying to get our Twitch going. Obviously, we're on it right now live. We have we're a learning how to use it properly. Yes. And then we could really add that next layer, which would be obviously video conferencing with somebody like, uh, what's his name? Jeff. Somebody like Jeff. So we can have our, our, uh, video feed side by side and you guys can really experience the conversation a little better than a podcast. Exactly. We're trying to, to really get this going off the ground. So tell your friends, tell anybody who's got a dog, if they want to listen in, we're going to be doing it at seven. We think it's going to be a better option times time time wise because nine is just too late. Um, so help us out, get our, get our word out there. Follow us on Instagram. We're, we're really trying to get our numbers up on there. Um, and really get out to more people. Cause I, you know what? I've been saying this in my head for the last week, but you and I are onto something. I think so. We're onto something. I, I want to write a book. I have a lot of things that I want to do in the future to try and help the way that people are training because for right now, the things that we're doing like with the guarding and, and dog on dog stuff, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody else out there that are thinking the way that we are. And I want to, I want to help more people yeah. make their lives easier for uh, their if, dogs. If the, I mean, there are some people I see, but th- nobody's putting in, much work to like developing a platform to get their message out they're, they're just working within their circle which is fine because we need a lot more of that yeah. um but yeah i it's we always have people telling us from the positive reinforcement world how refreshing it is to see positive reinforcement trainers and positive reinforcement information finally have a platform and finally like get in front of people you know we have our tiktok is almost at twenty one thousand followers yeah but it needs a little bit more love it needs a little bit more love yeah you they don't like me <laughs> For some reason, Instagram reels, they like me. TikTok hates me. <laughs> TikTok likes you. And then we also have our YouTube, which we are, we are putting energy back into. And we're yes, going to grow we that, our YouTube channel. We so really are. Definitely f- search Paulson University on YouTube and you can find the videos. We're doing one video a week right now. Um, this video, which is going to play at the end of this feed very shortly, yep. is about is your dog's cup full? And it's basically, is your dog happy? And if not, you know. We have to what revisit, does that look like? Revisit some some. So things. it's it's a it's an actual visual representation of your dog's cup and whether or not it's full and what happens when it's not full. Please, 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 everybody, go follow us on social media so we know we can hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys want to learn about. What are the topics that you guys need more information on? And give us your weird questions. We love weird questions. I love answering questions. Yeah, and That's we're also going to be on a ton of other podcasts soon. Uh, right? Yeah, we have and a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Up. So. Uh, be ready for a lot more content and yeah, give us your input on what you want to hear so that it's not redundant or it's not irrelevant to you. Definitely let us know what information you're looking for because sometimes we like to harp on the big things and the, the, uh, the really important things are the things that encompass a lot of people or a lot of dogs, but sometimes we need to really narrow down and focus on, you know, little things that absolutely that nobody addresses. Yeah. So yeah, Instagram at Paulson University, YouTube, Paulson University, you're not following us on here um it should be somewhere on the screen that right down below the window you can follow us this way you'll get notified anytime we go live as of right now it's going to be every tuesday 7 a.m and then this audio p.m 7 p.m i ain't doing anything recorded wise on at 7 a.m unless it's the (laughs) elvis Duran morning show yes 
That's different. So 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, yeah, you'll be notified anytime we go live. All right. Until next week. Class dismissed.